welcome to the fourth ever episode of the Cheesy Controller Podcast. I'm your host, Anton LaPlatt. With me, as always, is Jalen Roberts hey. and Chris Montalbano. How's it going? We have a jam-packed show for you guys this week. We're, it's our very special tech episode. Yes. This week, we'll be talking about VR on PC and consoles, the Amazon Echo Dot, as well as other virtual assistants and their standing in the marketplace right now. And last but not least, our review of our new phone. Since all of us have upgraded since you last heard from us, stay tuned for a great episode. All right, so all you right. guys have a PSA before we get into the nitty-gritty of talking phone and computer specs? Yeah, yeah this I, needs to be said. Yeah, it's we can't talk about tech without talking about the recent ransomware attacks that have been going on through a program called WannaCry. And what it does is that it gets into your, it gets into your files and encrypts everything. And then you have to pay them through Bitcoin to get your files back. If you don't do it in enough time, your files are just gone. And this, it got, it gets onto your computer through the usual, don't op- opening up emails and attachments you don't know about. But also it's caused because of a back door that was found in the Windows, in the Windows 10 OS. And there's a patch for it now. You can go on the Windows site now and get the individual patch to help you solve, deal with this problem. Yeah. So they haven't pushed it to all Windows 10 users yet. Not yet. Still. This is I, very recent. Yeah. This is this is about a month. I don't know. My computer on. updated what three days ago. I don't know. I didn't really check what ended up in the update. I just kind of just yeah. It's the patch is out there. So okay. if you're worried about WannaCry and you want to make sure your computer is protected, there is a patch to help fix that backdoor that's been causing this problem. Yeah. So tell your younger brothers and parents don't download random things and open attachments if it's not what you downloaded. Or even open emails that you didn't expect from. You didn't win $1,000. Don't kid yourself. Right. Okay, so um, leading in, um, we're going to start off talking about our new phones. I upgraded to the iPhone 7 Plus. I have the Google Pixel. And I have the Samsung S7. It's not an upgrade, but it's a switch over from iPhone to 7. Okay, so uh, both of you guys went to Android. I guess I'll start off um, because I stayed in the same ecosystem, so it's not that much of a difference. It's just I, I can definitely tell the um, jump in processor speed from my last phone, which was the iPhone 6 Plus, to the 7 Plus. Like Having the added processing power is great for things like I can run games I couldn't run I can like my, I felt my iPhone 6 plus slowing down on me I felt it stuttering I felt like the processor chugging when multitasking I felt the age of my phone starting to show itself and so getting the 7 plus like you can tell that this is the newest iPhone everything's as snappy as you could possibly want it to be Everything is as fast and as organized as the reason that I'm still on the iPhone architecture is because, or the iOS architecture is because of the organization and the kind of just ecosystem that exists within it. Like, I've used Androids and I've considered going back to Android, but because wireless charging and facial recognition for unlocking and all these things that are great, but as far like My phone can't do any, like, there's nothing right now that I wish my phone did that it doesn't do. Like, sure, wireless charging would be great, but there are solutions for that for the iPhone. 
sure facial recognition would be great, but I'm sure third-party apps are trying to figure that out as we speak. Considering the fact that Google got the assistant on the iPhone now, like I'm really feeling like Apple opened up its ecosystem enough that we can start getting third-party solutions to these problems that people have solved on Android into the iOS ecosystem. And I feel like if next year, I like if Siri and just the general, a lot of the gimmicky things that Samsung is really pushing on their um, Galaxy S8 and the things they were pushing on their Note and stuff like that. If Apple doesn't adopt some of those things, like there are some things that we need. We need OLED screens. We need 4K displays. We need... Um, I'm not entirely sure we need the 4K displays, though, because I... I use my phone for VR. Oh, okay. I need a 4K okay. display. Does, All yeah. Right. All right, I'll give you that, because it's one of those... In my experience, since I've upgraded, I've started using my phone less for video and whatnot, because oh. it's like... Yeah. I just would rather just use my laptop. I'd rather use my PC. It's like, I'm rarely in a situation anymore where it's like, yeah, I'm just going to sit here and watch something on my phone. Yeah, I mean, the Retina display on iPhones and iPads right now is great. And I mean, like, unless I'm literally sitting side by side looking at a 4K image and looking at an image on a Retina display, I can't tell the difference. Like, my eyes can perceive, like, 1080 to 900p and like 900p to 720p and definitely between 1080p and 720p like I know for a fact that my eyes can distinguish those differences even if I'm not looking at them side by side but for 4k there is a definite line in the sand that's like okay this is a lot better than that and I mean I'm still getting the screen door effect using my phone like I have bought a 2017 well no end of 2016 phone and I'm using it in Google Cardboard, but I'm still getting a screen door effect. Where Samsung, and I think even the Pixel, doesn't have that issue in Google Daydream, yeah. which would be yeah. something that, like, for someone who's as heavily invested into VR, like, I think I've done the most with VR out of anyone here. Mm, I feel right. like my iPhones are great. <laughs> the fact that Apple hasn't put any money into VR, but my phone is so capable and... Just, I can do everything on VR that I'd want to do that is available on mobile VR, except for maybe a few Samsung exclusive things. Yeah. I can do. And I can do well. The only thing is, I wish I had a 4K display so I wouldn't have as much of a screen door effect. Because a 1080 screen, an inch and a half away from your eyes, is really easy to tell the difference between the 1080 screen, an inch and a half away from your eyes, and a 4K display, an inch and a half away from your eyes. Okay, so Jalen. All right, so I got the Google Pixel. I went from my iPhone 6 Plus to this Pixel, and I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying the battery life. My favorite thing about it so far has been the Google Assistant, which we'll get Agree. to. We'll, we'll definitely compare, but I like the fact that I could just say, okay, Google, and my phone will react, and it'll do whatever I want it to do without a problem. We should set some people's phones off right now. Okay, Google. <laughs> 
like I if my phone was alive right now it would have gone and also I'm (laughs) and it's in situations like this when I'm around my friends I'm very happy that my phone will only do the Google Assistant for my voice yeah that's the one thing I guess that would be different from the Pixel to the Samsung mine if anyone says okay Google it will go off like that I didn't realize the importance of that until I was on YouTube or something and yeah, that Burger King was, ad that was supposed to set up your Google Home. Your well, I've Google been Assistant. like watching so many reviews of just like new phones that have been coming out and they would say okay Google and my phone would just stop the video and try to like Yeah. I'm like Ugh. Hey Siri, I'm glad that Hey Siri has upgraded speaking of which I just set my phone off. But I'm glad that um <laughs> Siri has come farther because it used to pick up random things. People wouldn't be saying, hey, Siri, in the video, but it would pick up certain things. Come on, Siri. <laughs> I'm going to put my phone face down so it stops going off. But, like, I would be watching a PlayStation press conference, and, like, the Siri would just come up and pause my video, and it would... The only thing that I have wrong... The only problem that I'm having out of Siri right now with my phone is it's so good if I'm listening to a podcast and I activate Siri it'll pick up the last three words of what they said in the podcast I don't have that problem because there's a small gap between when I say okay Google and when it activates and I thought that was lag but what it is is just shutting down all the other incoming sounds well my phone doesn't have that I that's what I realized going from like iPhone 6s and saying hey Siri and like having to try to because hey siri just never really worked on my phone even though it was at the time supposed to be the smoothest siri you could get and i always had trouble being like hey siri and then i'd be like all right i have to wait for you to say i didn't understand you and then i could say what i wanted to but i could say okay google and then automatically keep talking i don't even have to pause and it just picks up what i'm trying to say which I love way more. All right. So I feel like we're focusing on the virtual assistant. So do you guys want to talk about the virtual assistant ecosystem and Uh, then go back to what... Because I feel like I didn't talk about the camera on my phone. I didn't talk about the head... No, let's talk about the specs on the phone. Because me and Jalen did both switch from having iPhone to going to... Well, you went back to Android. I've been on iPhone switching from Windows phone. God bless my soul to iPhone then going to Android so I feel like let's stick on the like that kind of say okay so on specs um, on the spec side my camera I have the iPhone 7 plus so I have the dual camera setup we have one that is set at 1x and you can digitally zoom to 2x and then it'll physically switch to the other camera that is set at 2x which I think it lets me zoom all the way to 10x. Yeah. And I've gotten actually some legitimately good photos yeah, from long distances. Yeah, I've seen some really great things that happen from the iPhone 7's camera. It's amazing what they've done with it. And I think the only phone out there that can compare to it is Jalen's Pixel. Mine doesn't even come close to it. Yeah, if I were to switch to Android, I would probably get a Pixel. My main gripes with the Pixel right now are the fact that it doesn't have... Um, it doesn't have water resistance. It doesn't have, yeah. like, as strong components as the current iPhone has. Well, I think the S8 has, like, heard that it wasn't doing as great. Because the S8 is one of the older models, so it did update and is comparable at this point. But I'm I'm lagging behind, of course. And my thing is, I 
I like the camera in my phone. I'm not a big picture video taker, but when I do use it, I like what I get. Yeah. Right. And I, you are right. I am just slightly disappointed with the fact that it isn't as waterproof. Is not waterproof. Isn't as resistant. I mean, like Samsung has been doing fully waterproof resistant phones since the what? S five or something? S four or five? Samsung? Be active. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, I know yeah. the last phone. I think what was the S six actually like came in with all the like ports to it, to where you can close off all the. Yeah, that all started with the active. Yeah, right. but it I was mean, like, but like in this day and age for it not to be. That's my only actual gripe. Is yeah. I do right. have to be more careful. With I mean, not even my phone is completely waterproof. It's damp proof. Like I can't drop into a pool and say I'm safe. Yeah. My phone is the only one at this table that I could drop into a pool, and as long as it's in a case and it doesn't crack when it hits the bottom. It'll be all right. Okay. Yeah. I've seen water tests, and I haven't seen any water tests comparing the Galaxy S8 to the... But, I mean, Galaxy's been really good with water resistance. Right. And that was my gripe for the last couple of years, going from the 5 to the 6 Plus. Because I think by the, six pl- by the time the 6 Plus was out, Samsung had water-resistant yeah. phones, like heavily on the market I've they had, had wireless charging i had friends just like talking mad shit about my iphone because saying i can do all of these things that just i mean i didn't care about because another thing i would like to say though is it i got i have very i can't wait to see where google goes next with this phone yeah like for the fact that this is just the first generation phone this is the first phone they've made themselves from the ground up. Right. I'd mm-hmm. like to see where they go for this. Probably the next thing they would go is the whole waterproofing, better waterproofing and all yeah. that. I, I like the fact that Google went software first, then hardware, because I would hate for them to go, oh, we have wireless charging, we have water resistance, we have all of these things, we have the dual camera setup, we have all of these things, but then the user experience isn't as snappy as you want it to be, is right. laggy, yeah. is... It's very smooth. It's like before I put the uh, Google Assistant to detect only my voice, I let my phone have my phone for a couple of hours and let her use the OK Google thing, and she loved it. it was, right. This is someone who's not a... She's not into expensive cell phones, but that functionality she really did enjoy. Speaking of laggy is one thing that I have a remorse about this phone. It's just uh, going from iPhone and, like, having it be it does what it's supposed to do and it doesn't really like slow mine s6 never really slowed down even though i was using a bunch of apps but i notice like with all the android phones that i've actually had which were like the lower end but even with this one if i opened so many apps my phone would literally come to the like the worst lag i've ever seen and just cause problems which i've never seen coming from an iphone and that's the only problem I really have with switching to I, Android. I've never had that problem. Like, I've opened every app on... Actually, at this current time, I have pretty much every app that I own on my phone open right now. And I, yeah, and maybe, you're running a Pixel. You're on... You can download the beta for Android O right now. You are bleeding edge Android. Right, you are Google's top priority. We are Samsung. And well, Samsung is scaring is, me by trying to do their own assistant... Way, trying to do way Another too much. Problem, the problem that I have with Samsung and the reason why I chose the number one reason why I chose the Pixel over the Samsung is the fact that I don't like waiting for the OS upgrade updates because Samsung needs to put a skin on it. Right. Yeah. Like I, stock Android's wonderful. Yeah. I have I mean, stock iOS. Like that's one of the reasons getting to iOS and getting as comfortable as I've gotten is because 
I am in the Apple beta public beta program, I had to get off the developer beta because the developer beta was too buggy. But the public right. beta has been great. I mean, right now I'm on just stock like everybody. I'm I get updates when everybody gets updates, but like the fact that I iOS can control the same way Google can control everything on the Pixel. They know every hardware spec of every Pixel in the universe. The same way iPhone knows the spec of every iPhone that every app and every software, every firmware update they put out is compatible across all iPhones because they know all of the specs and they know... Yeah. Yeah, and that's just one thing, and that's why the Pixel, like what I, like I was saying, the Pixel, the problem I have with the Pixel is not software. As far as, like, Android goes, I would go for the Pixel, number one, if it had some of the additional bells and whistles that Samsung has. Yeah. But I wouldn't want I would never want a Samsung skin over anything because no, I've gotten I mean, so used to Apple, there's no skins. You get what you get and it works. Right. Yeah, and also it's like once again doubling down on Anthem's point, I'm happy they went software first because I have yet to break a phone. I have never broken a smartphone mm. that I own. <laughs> I've broken phones. I've I've broken many phones. I've yet I've the only phone I ever broke in my life was my Motorola Razor back in like 2009. Look, it's called playing football. <laughs> <laughs> like a bad tackle destroyed my phone. Yeah, but, it, flip phones will do that to you. But because it's like I have that, at least as far as I'm concerned, I'm pretty good at making sure my phones don't break. Software, my user experience is the number one thing. It's like right. I don't have to go for the whole, you know, waterproof, nigh indestructible. My six plus broke right before I was eligible for an upgrade to a seven plus, and it really let me because my iPhone five. Every time my I, I went through several iPhone fives, but only about once was that something that was preventable. It was like I charged. I charge my phone through a jank charger, or I would use something that would sh- short out my motherboard or something like that in my phone. So it was always something that was beyond my control, really. Like I was in a situation where I desperately needed to charge my phone, and I plugged it up through a charger that was kind of sketchy, and I paid the price for it. But only the only time I've ever broken an iPhone to the point that I physical damage was my six plus, and that was a drop in a cheap case. So now OtterBox only. I have a OtterBox symmetry on my phone. I have another OtterBox symmetry on my phone because I literally dropped this getting out of the car in a gas station, and it hit the concrete and bounced and bumped into the pump, and. It was fine. And for to have no screen protector, to have nothing... That was and a cliffhanger. Right. So, like, I was just like... Uh, I was like, what? Get off your phone, man. I had to respond. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's the pregnant pause whenever I have to respond to something else on one of my other devices. But yeah, my phone fell and it's perfectly fine. And I just have a symmetry on the way because the only problem I have with my all-black symmetry case... Is that I can't see my Apple logo. 
That's been one of my pet peeves since I got an iPhone. Like, right. I like the designs of cases where you can see the Apple logo. And that's just a personal pet peeve. So, yeah. in what way did you, when you charged your phone, because I had two iPhones, the 5S, and then I went to the 6S, and both times I would plug it in, and eventually the charger port just stopped working on me. And I took it to iPhone, and even though it's not my fault, it just, the inside of the charger port broke they treated it as my fault and they could not replace it and I was like that's why I made the switch I never had that problem and I from the five I had a five for years I had my six plus for two years I had my and my seven my six plus at one point there was some lint in the charging port and all I did was stick a paper clip in there scrape it across, pull the lint out, and it worked fine after that. Right, that's what I was told to do, but apparently it was the pins in there broke off, and then that's apparently my yeah, fault, which... I don't know. So, I can... Some the things Apple are store like, is part of... I love Apple's products. I hate Apple's customer service. I hate the right. Apple store's interaction with your customers. And that, I've spent $1,000 on this phone. You guys need to be able to do whatever I say, whenever I say with right. it. But they don't have that attitude. No, I can respect that problem. I always go through Sprint. Sprint's a lot better at dealing. I have insurance on my phone, so going well, through Sprint. I did too, but for whatever reason, even though I was sending out text messages before my phone died, they said, your phone is not on. We cannot do anything for you. And I was like, it's dead because I can't charge it. Like, do you not see the issue there? And they refused to help me. So eventually, I just sent, sent them back my janky iPhone and upgrade it and didn't get charged for it yet. Yeah. <laughs> so, on another note, how are the fingerprint scanners on your phones? Cause I mine, mine is perfect. Yeah. Way better than the, the I, I 6S. Like, I realized that I like my fingerprint scanner so much because I like where it is on the phone. So instead of it being at the bottom where the home button is, it's on the back where okay. my index finger naturally just rests when I'm holding my phone. Mm -hmm. So like I ever need to just, so I unlock my phone by picking it up at this point. Right. It's just a very comfortable spot to have it. I mean, I think because the button is so much bigger on the Samsung S7 that it registers my giant thumb better than the iPhone 6S did, so I never have any problems with where it's at anyways. Yeah, I mean, um, iPhone introduced, ooh, sorry. Um, iPhone introduced Raise to Wake, so now Touch ID is literally so fast that you cannot wake up your phone with your like by pressing the home button without unlocking with Touch ID. That's how fast Touch ID's gotten on the Seven Plus. But I, I also like the fact that when it, speaking of unlocking phones, if I'm at my house, I my phone doesn't lock. I have my house set as a trusted location. So I like, need to I'm, set that up too because mine has that same feature, and that's it's like so if I'm at my house, I don't. I just look at this. I just open the screen. I can just start doing stuff. Yeah. I mean, mine, my phone, uh, unlocking Touch ID so fast. Like unlocking it is a no. It's a no brainer using right. Touch ID at this point. And I mean, I get using a trusted location, but just. I mean, I can't. I can't bypass that step. But as far as like going from picking my phone up like raising it will wake it up touching the home button will instantly unlock it and then i'm in yeah and i think the reason why i would i like the whole trust and location thing is that at the end of the day i don't have a physical button on the front of my phone yeah like the front of my phone is pretty much just a screen 
Right. And I mean, the home button has its purposes. I get the... I get putting the buttons other places on the phone to reduce the bezel size. I mean, but I've having the black iPhone and having like my bezels be unnoticeable when my phone is when my display is off, like I feel like I don't mind the bezels as much as other people would mind them on yeah. their phones. I feel like until Apple needs to move the home button, which is inevitable. I mean, I mean this isn't even a button. This is just a piece of glass that senses when you're there. Yeah. So this is like... They're moving to no buttons. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's The way I see it is Apple is trying to go to the... Their mission is to create like the first completely wireless phone. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I feel like they're working towards that. And I feel like that's a future I can fully get behind. I feel like the future Apple... Apple has lo- lost its way a little bit in the... When I bought my iPhone 5, I felt like the direction we were going is not where we are right now. But I'm also very happy with where we are right now. I have zero complaints about my phone. Like, my iPhone 7 Plus, I've been using it uh, about two months now. Just of solid daily use. And with my Apple Watch, I have an Apple Watch Series 0. And I mean, just with the slower Apple Watch, but the faster phone, I feel like that ecosystem, like, I get... If I were to go to Android, I'd probably have to get... The new, like, Samsung newest... Samsung Gear 3. Yeah. Yeah. The newest um, Android wearable. But outside of that, I mean, my iPhone and my Apple Watch just work and my, with my iPad and with my MacBook. And right. when I bought into the Apple ecosystem, that's what I bought into, is all of my things working and having perfect synergy. Like, that's what I like about PlayStation. Right. I mean, I agreed when I had my Windows phone before, like... Instagram and Snapchat were a big thing. It was okay to actually have a Windows phone. Uh, like, having my Xbox, my computer, and my phone all be connected without even, like, trying. They were all under the same cloud. It was just such a perfect thing. My music was there. My pictures were there. My games were there. It was amazing. So I see where Anton's saying. Just having everything connected without... I mean, I, I understand it through the PlayStation connection. Like, I have a Vita, I have a PlayStation TV, I have a PS3. Like, I like the fact that if I just sync my trophies... It's everywhere. It's like... Right, and your games cross by... Right. right. Find games, like, just done. Getting Space Plan on my iPad for completely free. I got Space Plan on my phone. Opened up my iPad. I was like, hey, oh, it's already there. And just completely not thinking about it. I'm actually going to probably reset this iPad and just, like specialize it more because when I got this iPad I just cloned my phone over to it and that got me a lot of stuff that I don't really need on my iPad that I rarely use and I might factory reset it but the fact that I just cloned over my phone and had a bigger version of my phone that had higher resolution screen faster processor and it's just I'm able to do all the things I can do on my phone just better and bigger and prettier on my iPad and with without any hassle dealing with the apple store and hardware end of things is a hassle but as far as the software end of things i have dealt with android i've dealt with windows i've dealt with all of these different ecosystems i've dealt with linux with ubuntu i've dealt with can we not talk about ubuntu because it's the less america (laughs) apparently you can run ubuntu something just happened and you can run linux a bunch of different forms of Linux on either Mac 
Yeah, you, at this point, I mean, you you've been able to do that. Linux on something everything. got way easier. To, I got some email about something being so much easier that I was like, I might actually do that. Right. I don't. It was something Linux related with. I want to say the Mac OS. Okay. So even there, I've dealt with all these ecosystems. So it's not like I'm uninformed, and it's not like I know a lot of people just default to. Oh, I can spend a lot of money on Apple, and it'll be easy. I was on Android. I rooted my phones. I overclocked my processors. I was running mods right. to like have my phone be better than what it was. And I was in that ecosystem. And honestly, I was getting worse results than what I get just stock iOS. And that's part of the reason I've stayed here. And I understand that now, stripped down stock Android in the Pixel and in the Nexus, like that was something that was appealing in the Nexus and is now appealing in the Pixel, is the fact that it's that ease of use as well as that kind of power, but I still feel like it's not to where it needs to be to work itself out. All right. All right, so we're going to take a quick break before we get into our next topic. Um, Remember... Check us out online, Cheesy Controller Podcast. We're available on iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud. And we're back. Um, so we're going to be talking about the virtual assistants. We touched on it a little bit in our last segment, talking about the virtual assistants that were in our phones. But I want to broaden the spectrum a little bit. I have Siri on my watch, which is a total game changer over having just Siri on my phone before when I couldn't use Hey Siri independently of a charger. Now even having that as a function independent of my charger, having it on my watch is just so much better. I know, Chris, you've been using the Amazon Echo Dot. Yeah, this thing... I mean, it did just come out recently. It does absolutely everything you wanted to do, except it's not attached to a phone, which so it can't make any calls or any messages, but it connects to your Spotify, connects to Amazon Music, connects to Audible, so you can read music, and it has this thing called Skills, which you can have, like, nature sounds play in the background or add, like, certain news things you want to do. So I have games, I have NASA and all that and it'll just tell you like recent updates that are going on right it'll tell the weather it can order things if you have amazon prime order off of amazon you can go yeah. like, hey hey alexa order this and she'll give you the best one and you say yes and you put your code in and it'll be on your way so to me and i've done some testing between alexa and i've done some testing with my phone with the google now and they're pretty much the same, the fact that Alexa, even though she just got this update, which is the dumbest thing, and I got really excited when I first heard it, because I put my phone number into the Alexa app, and I thought, I was like, oh snap, I can now make calls and send messages from my Alexa, and no, I was wrong. You can now just make phone calls and text messages to anyone else who has an Alexa, and I was like, I, I know nobody. Which I was like, so this is a move for Amazon, and it's a great idea, and she does so many things. She can, you can make your house a smart house. You can tell her if you have the Echo B, turn down the, the temperature in your house, and you don't even have to leave your bed. You can lock the door if you have the Hue. 
from Philip, you can turn on your lights and not even have to flip a switch. And yeah. that, to me, is amazing to be able to start a smart home with all this tech in there. And I feel like she is more, it is more smoothly, like, trying to say, hey, Alexa, play this on Spotify, and it's way more smoothly than trying to say, okay, Google, play so-and-so on Spotify. She just works. Okay, yeah. And, I mean, Siri works well with... I've been looking into getting maybe a Google Home because I have a Chromecast on my TV. Right. So my TV functions as a smart TV in the Google ecosystem. So off YouTube, that's fine. Like, the fact that it's integrated with Netflix and Hulu and Twitch and all these things is great. But I already have a console that does all of those things, plus plays Overwatch. So, right. so that's it's great. not an issue. But Google... So... I have Amazon Prime, and I use Amazon Prime quite frequently. I buy something at least, almost every week right. from, like, from Amazon Prime, and I get that, but at the same time, the Google Home, to me personally, is more tantalizing because the connection... I, I feel like if Apple would come out with a product like that, that'd be the best thing for me because I use Apple Music. I use all these things that just aren't as compatible once you go outside the Apple ecosystem. I agree, but Siri really needs to be updated. Oh, yeah. She has fallen far behind, and I, like the fact that you can actually have a Google on your takeover Siri is like Apple saying, we're not really trying to do anything. I mean, if I was a phone company, I would not let anyone try to take over my assistant on well, my the, phone. The thing I feel like Apple's doing, Apple's keeping quiet right now. Because Apple has another phone on the horizon. Within the of next course. six months, we're going to have a new Apple phone. And we're going to have a new wave of maybe Macs, maybe iPads, maybe iPod Touches. Maybe we have this whole new wave of things that can handle a Siri that's just out of this world. Because honestly, that right now in the entire Apple experience, Siri is where it's lacking. Siri, right. she may be quick and responsive to understand what I'm saying and respond, but Siri is nowhere near as intelligent as Alexa or as a Google Assistant. And I know that as someone who has barely used either of those things, but just as examples, like if you say, okay, hey Siri, what time is it in Shanghai? The time in Shanghai, China is 9.46 a.m. So stuff like that is very basic. But if I say, hey Siri, when did Rise of Iron release? I found one selection. Iron Man, Rise of Technolore. And that's not at all what I was talking about. So <laughs> if I've well, seen... Siri has a thing for Tony Stark. It'd be like that. Yeah, it's yeah. okay. He lies. <laughs> Siri and Robert Downey do have a long history. <laughs> but... I feel like things that Siri should understand, as far as just being integrated with the internet, it doesn't. I have to tell Siri to Google things that I want to know. I have to tell Siri, but Google knows, hey, if I can find the answer on Google, let and me it, give you the answer from it'll Google. Read all, it'll reads it out to you. Yeah. Right. And Siri has certain... Siri's hit or miss right. in every situation that I use it in. And I've already had... Siri go out on me one time on my new phone. I had to disable Siri entirely and bring Siri back up because I'd say, hey Siri, and it would just completely cancel itself out. Okay. And it just wouldn't do anything. 
And I realize that seems to be a common problem on the 7 and 7 Plus that may be on Apple's side, but outside of the fact that it would just shut off on me, the I'm the fact that Alexa and Google are so much more intelligent, so much more interactive, so much more you can ask them follow-up questions. You can't ask Siri follow-up questions. Mm-hmm. You can't have Siri respond to the last thing you said in addition to the next thing you're saying and have it those it does Siri is a do this, it'll get done. Right. And that's as far as it goes. Right. So I can send text messages, I can call people, I can play music, but I can't say, oh, show me all the songs by this person. I want to play this song now. And I'll get that out of it. I just won't. And I feel like Siri, having a new iPhone out in six months, we may, Alexa, making as much money as Alexa is making. Because Amazon just throws products out there and sees what sticks. Right, And the fact that Alexa has stuff is a testament to how good it is. Because Amazon's put out towels. Amazon's put out phones. Amazon's put out all kinds of things. Speaking of Amazon, if you... Like, the closest one to us right now is Linux Mall. But Amazon is testing out these little pop-ups. And the reason why, like, literally a month ago, I was like, Amazon ain't shit. Like, they are not the number three tech in the world right now. But then I found one of these pop-ups, and I saw everything Amazon was doing, and I was like, let me buy this Echo Dot right now. Mm-hmm. Because, like, so you should go, if you haven't seen these one things, and you're on the fence about Amazon, you should go, and they will show you all of these things that the Echo can do, and they have their own version of, like, Amazon TV, which is like the, like the Apple TV or PlayStation TV. That is just as amazing. Well, it's better than the PlayStation yeah, TV. Yeah, I mean, it has Alexa built in. You can literally be like, play... It has to be discontinued. Right. <laughs> right. The PlayStation TV, it can't play Netflix. and That's a problem. <laughs> like, it's just a way for you to play your Vita games on your TV. That's... Yeah, no, that's a problem. But... So, yeah. Anything more on virtual assistance? I feel like we've gotten to... Alexa right well, now? Uh, I have one honorable mentioning. Cortana? I who is gonna... coming up on Windows 10. If you, No one wants a Windows phone. That's understandable. Yeah. I'm the only one in there the world. A Windows phone. I'm the only one in the world hoping for a Surface phone. Don't ask me why. That would I'm be a cool. chef in a kitchen. I just, there's parts of me that just dislike myself. But Cortana has been one of the greatest assistants for me just based off like you know how Google has this like whole briefing thing it puts these cards up of like the little news that you like the most like it'll give you little updates of like here's the weather here's the news of the day you like tech okay here's some news about some tech video games and all that but Cortana to me out of using all of them has been the most customizable I can set it up to where she knows or it knows exactly where I go to work exactly where I go to home without even trying it just automatically recognizes where I live knows what I like to do so it'll give me restaurant updates it'll of where to go it'll give me movie updates and where to buy tickets and all that and it reads your email to where it's like you have packages coming in this time it's at this point you have flight tickets going out at this time I will set an alarm and I was like this is something I haven't necessarily seen build up in my, my own. Google phone pretty much does all that, but I do agree I like 
using Cortana on my PC and I enjoy the functionality of it, but it's one of those, it's still limited to the fact that it's only on your PC, right? Right, now. I know. And the, that's that's gonna, something... It's one of those, when it gets to the point that, like, every other thing we're talking about, you can get on multiple devices. Like, right. You can get Alexa on, like, Amazon has a phone. You could get Alexa on your Echo Dot, yeah. Amazon TV, just to name the things that Alexa's on, and then Apple. Anton's already mentioned multiple Everything. times about all his Apple products. Which is another thing that I don't think Apple should stay quiet about, because Anton said Apple's trying to stay quiet right now. Microsoft has been doing so much. I mean, they have their Windows 10. He mentioned Scorpio is going to come out with Oculus, Oculus support. They're automatically coming out with VR that does more than or is better you don't have to buy anything else besides the VR you have it goes from in to out you just it's they're coming up and I feel like Apple with their last release that was very disappointing after having the Surface Pro the Surface Studio and everybody's like all right Apple Surface show Studio is a really pretty looking PC. and like they're like Apple show me what you got and they give you a touch bar and you're like that's and not USB C port. And you're like, that's not really what I was talking about. So Apple cannot stay quiet at this point because Microsoft is like trying, just talking shit with just what they're putting out, and it's beautiful, and it's about time. And the CEO is doing a really good job, and I'm really happy. Yeah, I mean, Microsoft definitely has turned itself around. Um, My food. Yeah. Vista. <laughs> Think about Vista, Vista. to now. <laughs> Windows 7 was... Yeah, but I mean, Windows 7 worked. Windows but 7. But no, then you had Windows 7, and you were like, okay, they they got away from Vista, and then you got Windows 8. And you were just like, what? See, Windows, I can't even support wait, you. Windows 8, I, I like to call the failed experiment. That just was like, so bad. Vista was the failed experiment. I feel like Windows 8 was the failed experiment, just but that was their experimentation with trying to bring the mobile, uh, mobile architecture into the PC form with I the know, fact that they it was thought. Like, but also another thing is you have to look at it. They thought that the touchscreen PC was going to take off. Like it, it didn't. It didn't. You give us a PC with touchscreens. You want, I want a mouse. You want there a is, PC with touchscreens capabilities? Cool. There is, you are not taking me away from my PC. And right. also another thing is the only reason we like touch controls on our phone and our tablets because at the end of the day, they're just slightly bigger or smaller than our hands. We're talking about a full-functioning PC here. Right. Like, I wish I, I mean, had a like, mouse and keyboard on my iPad this, because setting my iPad up vertically... I just, or horizontally, but I have it on the stand, and if I had a keyboard and mouse, I'd love to just do some of the things. I mean, things that's that the one good thing about the Surface Pro and the Surface Book. It becomes a tablet, but it still and made that, it a and PC. That's my point. I feel like, and that's Which why I say great. Windows 8 was the failed experiment, because I feel like they were trying to experiment with bringing the touchscreen integration into the PC landscape, and it right. didn't work because we didn't want it. Right, no one wanted it. Even the Surface Pro is only like marketed to the artist. It's like it's a touch screen, but it's made for you to draw on top of. And that's why it goes into studio mode, so you can draw and you can do graphic design. And that's what it's pretty much marketed to. Even though artists are the least paid person, you have your computer that's three thousand dollars. But, but I, I won't mean, mention that's that. Been artists for years, like you can't really afford a MacBook, but you get a MacBook. But you get a, you, yeah. either. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I mean, a, you know how much tools of the trade. It's yeah. You I invest mean, to get yeah, the best. Right, and that's all. That's what that's always going to be. But um, virtual assistants. Anything else? 
You guys want any any more comments? Let's talk about this big one. I've been waiting for this one. Well, no. We're going to leave the big one for last. We're going to let Jalen talk about his PC. Oh, yeah. All right. right. We're talking about PCs. uh, Next week, we're going to be streaming my PC build. I am building a gaming PC because it's time for me to go back home to PC gaming. I love console gaming. I love the convenience of it. I love the fact that I can just buy console and I could pretty much play every game on it until the company decides to make another console. Right. And I acknowledge that with this PC I'm gonna be replacing the parts every couple of years and the whatnot. That's just the tech industry. But A, building a computer is actually a lot of fun. And also it's cheaper than people think. Like my build is only gonna be about seven hundred. And it's like I can run over and I with the specs I have I should be running Overwatch on Ultra a solid 60 plus frame rate at the minimum like right i mean you can reach specs that a console just can't and you're only spending 300 dollars more yeah and also i have the security in the fact that i know that my architecture is going to last like i don't have to worry about my architecture changing later. right i don't have to worry about the fact that i'm not going to be able to put my ps4 games into the ps5 or whatever sony decides to call the thing right like I know the fact that it's like I have Overwatch on PC. I don't care as long as I have a PC. I will always have my copy of Overwatch. Right. Yeah, I mean I like that about the PC architecture. I feel like console needs to get there. I feel like my PS3 purchases, a lot of them became cross buy, and now I have them on PS4. And I feel like a lot of my PS4 purchases are cross buy, and I have them on Vita. I have them where I want them. <laughs> But I feel like PlayStation could definitely... The way the PS4 Pro is literally just a PS4 with better under-the-hood specs, I feel like they could follow that same trajectory forever. Like, just give us a better box. Like, do it the phone model. Do it the Microsoft model. Where it's like, you can run everything going back, but if you want something that is like... Running at 4K, you need a PS4 Pro. Right. If you want something that's running at 8K, at 8K, not 8K, <laughs> you need a um, PS5. But I, I feel like they need to get away from the numbering conventions because now we're at an iterative cycle. We're running x86 architecture. Consoles right now are just PCs. Yeah, right. With a skin. And I'm fine with that. And as a matter of fact, as a console gamer, I inevitably am going to need a a gaming PC. I understand that. As somebody who's become more and more hardcore, and I've built up my PSN library the way people build up their Steam libraries, Mm -hmm. I, I see I'm finally, because before there was no ubiquity like that, as going in the, um going in the PlayStation Network. Like, PS3 stuff was just PS3 stuff. PSP right. stuff was just PSP stuff. PS2 stuff was just PS2 stuff. Yeah, but now we're at the only console that had, was like the only console that consistently had any form of backwards compatibility. Right, and even now Microsoft is adding in backwards compatibility by emulating their past consoles, but I feel like PlayStation, these ecosystems, they'd be... PlayStation has been making so many right decisions for this past several years that I feel like they'd just be completely blind and deaf and stupid if they didn't copy some of these things that are coming from phones. Yeah. I can still play Flappy Bird on my iPhone 7 Plus from how many years ago? That's true. And, I mean... I mean, 
long as it's not taken off the market, it's fine. Well, I mean, even Flappy Bird was taken off the market. Like PT, PT, PT. and Flappy Bird are the two unicorns. And there's, of, I just still get a notification saying PT is unable to be downloaded. It makes me cry every time. Yeah, it makes me sad on the inside every time I go to my downloads list and PT's at the top. Just download failed. <laughs> it's just bad. Like they, it's uh, constantly reminding you why Konami. Right, that Konami screwed us all yeah. over. Like you, you couldn't let us have a free demo. Right, just keep it on there. You it screwed me out of anything. the one thing I've ever wanted coming from you. Just let me keep the demo. That's all I asked. But I'm happy I still have my demo. So, your PC, um, what kind of specs are you aiming for? I, I'm honestly not trying to get the bleeding edge. I find it pointless, especially since the fact that I know that I won't be able to tell the difference as much. I'm going for an i5, I'm going for a 1080, 1060 graphics card. Like, I'm not trying to do the most. It's more about I want a PC that could run let's say Overwatch, Destiny 2 on a pretty good uh, on a pretty good frame rate. Please don't break up the Destiny family. Please I, don't break up the Overwatch family. Like, this yeah, is the problem. Like, I don't want to switch to PC yet, but you guys are trying to break up. I'm not, okay, I would like to say this right now. I am not breaking up the cheesy controller family. I'm not doing that. I will still, you call, send out the Overwatch signal. If I'm awakened at the house, I'll be on PlayStation playing Overwatch with y'all. It's just that my ELO uh, on PC is right. <laughs> we could play as much as competitive, roll six deep. I can go all the way to bronze on PS4. I'm not going to care. I'm playing with my friends. It's my PC ELO that's going to matter for me. Yeah. So it's one of those, our, PC, our PS4 six deep runs, I'm just going to be having fun, just firing on people. Which, mm, I feel like at a certain point, that's how what you're supposed to be doing in video games. Yeah. But like, it's one of those, like, like, I want, it's part of me just wants top 500. I know, me too. That's why I get so angry, but then I think back, I was like, you're playing a game, dude. Have some fun. Right. And I feel like earlier, our competitive games earlier, which you can catch our streams on twitch.tv slash Anton6 and twitch.tv slash Big and Beanstalk. Um, we were streaming Overwatch a little bit earlier on today. Um, if you guys want some fresher content from us, you can check out our past broadcast. We have group um, streams that we did collectively on twitch.tv slash Anton6 with three X's. A-N-T-O-N-S-I-X-X-X. You guys, if you've been listening to the podcast since day one, you guys know. But um, for the people who are just catching on, you can follow us on that Twitch channel. Just a quick aside. Had to self-plug a little bit. It's cool. It's cool. They needed it now. Yeah. So you guys can find streams like that, but I feel like our Overwatch competitive stream with uh, Chris and I earlier showed a good side of what competitive Overwatch should be. Right. We won two, lost one, um, actually pushed really hard, had good team communication, good team placement, really were working on counters and balances against the other team. Right, so, like switching characters even like if it wasn't working for you in that match. Yeah. I, I, Not I, trying yeah. to stay a character and saying, oh, I'm really good with this person. Right, I had to go Reinhardt today. That's been a minute. Right. So I, I will say this about the PC build is as someone who used to be, who has spent most of my life on consoles, it's it sounds a lot more intimidating than it is building a PC because if you look at some sites, it's like they'll be telling you to buy a, ten, a eight core, the newest bleeding edge. It's like you, me, 
Yeah, it's you don't need that right now. I know. You don't you don't need that. Like you don't necessarily need an i7. Like games aren't even optimized to use all like even with an i5, all five cores aren't being used. Like a game at most, from what I've seen, only uses two cores. So it's one of those like you don't Unless you're building like a PC for the hardware numbers, you don't have to buy an i7. You don't have to buy the latest and greatest graphics card. Yeah, you just want to sit comfortably because you do have to worry about things that are going to be running in the background of your PC. Your game is not the only thing that's running on your PC Yeah. at any point in time. Yeah, but a lot of the... It, even then, you're not going to max out your cores. Like, yeah. It's one of those... I don't fully know how you would max out all your cores. Like, are you running, like, eight things of Crisis 3 at the same time and a couple of benchmarks? Are you running, like, five different benchmarks at the same time? Like, You know, and playing Doom on the side. Just well, for playing shits and Doom giggles. on the side. It's <laughs> just like, for shits and giggles. Yeah. But we will be building, we will be streaming this build. It'll probably, it'll be sometime in the early part of next week. Okay, so um, will your PC with the current specs? I know you're pricing parts out still, and nothing's finalized until it's in the build. Um, are you shooting for VR? No, not necessarily. Simply because I personally do not believe, other than the Pixel, that's like the one thing I've ever bought recently that was first generation. I usually wait for the second iteration of something to buy it. Okay. The Oculus Two come out? No. no. No, we're still on the. We're, we're no. still on the original. Uh, I mean, the advancements the of all VR has been. I mean, there there has been patches, there have been updates, but it's one of those. I'm waiting for the second iteration of the hardware. Well, no, okay. Oculus. Technically, this is like our third iteration of the hardware, but the previous two. I know what Chris is talking about. The previous two were things that were for development only and yeah. people in the public could get their hands on it but like the hololens right now is technically the first mixed reality thing but it's not for consumers it's for developers it's for people we're developing when the actual hololens comes out that'll be the first gen yeah. of that like okay. right now we are still in like oculus has had hardware that has been released but it was for developers. Now Oculus is on um, the first actual Oculus Rift that you can go into a store and buy. We're still on that. Okay. The first HTC Vive that you can go into a store. HTC is making some advancements. No, the okay. Vive? The Vive? Is it the move? The Vive is where it's at right now. Okay. The third parties are getting in on the Vive. Yeah. You have Steam behind it. You have, yeah. The Vive is kind of where Steam it's Steam has been behind it for a minute. Well, I mean, it the HTC Vive is you Steam's right. VR headset. I mean, up until like recently, you haven't been able to like actually play a game. It's been like kind of like a haunted house or a walkthrough game that you're just walking through and there's no interaction. Yeah. You're just seeing the artwork of the gameplay. Right. And I mean, as far as like software development, I feel like the adoption rate didn't pick up the way people thought it would. Yeah. I, but that was because of scarcity. I feel like these headsets would be selling better. Like, it took me months to get my PlayStation VR. I wanted a PlayStation VR as soon as it came out. And, I mean, I was ready to buy a PlayStation VR, which is why as soon as I saw one in the store, I ended up buying one. Right. Because, I mean, it's scarcity. Like, Oculus... 
I don't know if Oculus is still having problems, but like I remember months after release, they were still having people who pre-ordered and backed them on Kickstarter who still didn't have their units. Right. Yeah, and it's always a scarcity thing with these things. Like first it was the Oculus, then there was scarcity on the uh, brand new uh, hand controllers that came out. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, it's like the hand controllers didn't come up for like three, four months after the Oculus came out, and then they were on backlog. It was right. And that's. In my mind, the problem with VR is a hardware thing, hardware scarcity problem, not a software problem. Because we're starting to get some really, really interesting VR games, like Wilson's Heart, which is a which is a horror game set in like a 1940 asylum. That looks really, really good to me, and I would play that. It right. looks, it looks like a. It looks like it do the Resident Evil 7 thing. Right. And that's why right. I got PlayStation VR, because it's not the most high-resolution display. It's not the most powerful headset. It's not the headset that's the most future-proof, but I feel like PlayStation VR, right now, I put my PlayStation VR on my head. I have Res Infinite. I have Thumper. I have... Um, I just got Trackmania Turbo, which is the first game that might actually make a seriously motion sync. But that Chris game, I love um, that game. I want to play that in VR so hard. I still, I actually got to play uh, Until Dawn Rush of Blood a while ago, and yes. that's fun. It's it's your standard Chronicles game. You're on a roller coaster shooting stuff. It's awesome. Right. I so, mean, yeah, that's what VR is doing. I mean, like playing Resident Evil Seven and beating it five times, just well, okay, three times just on mine, and then beating it three times on my roommates, like, and then going into VR and seeing it and is like at its like highest potential changed the experience for me even though I've beaten this game six times I was still scared I was still like worried about what was going to happen next it gives you this experience that like playing in a game just watching it on TV that couldn't give you and that's what changed my mind about PlayStation VR or just VR in general it's like it changes the experience right but and that's the thing about it it's like we we still haven't hit the point where any VR headset is easily and readily available for consumers. Except mobile. Except, well, well other yeah. than mobile. Other but than mobile. As we progress on, and they will see the consumer's need and make it more viable. Right at first, nothing is more readily available, like, ever, when it first comes out, because they don't know how much they're going to make, and they don't want to lose money on it. No, you're absolutely right. That's the reason why I still won't have a copy of Neo. I went to buy a copy of Neo. Sony didn't send out. I feel out like I've copy. seen so many copies of Neo. I haven't well, seen a single I copy have not of Neo. Seen a, really? I still haven't seen a physical copy. Of <laughs> yeah, Neo. I've never seen a physical copy of Neo. You go to Walmart by my house, and they always have a copy. Well, Jalen, you can go. I'm not trying to buy Neo. I bought my Souls. My, my backlog is my backlog's too big. Me, and with this uh, new piece, right. like I, I don't have the time. But the point is, is that we haven't we're not at the point where it's like I could just walk into a place and buy a VR headset right I agree you'd like, have to hunt those down like I feel like even now the switch is out like there's new hardware that is a base that's a console a new Nintendo console is out and I feel like I could get a switch easier than I could get another PlayStation VR yeah and that's the thing about it and as someone who is studying game development as we speak it's that's part of the adoption. That is, soft, as a software developers aren't going to make something that you would struggle to buy. Right. Right. Yeah. And, but I mean, okay. So, the stance I wanted to take on this when I initially pitched it to you guys was the software on these different 
platforms. So Oculus and HTC Vive just got the Rick and Marty, Morty VR experience, and Oculus just got an Evangelion yeah. VR experience, and Oculus had, or I think it's mobile VR has, it might be Gear VR exclusive, Dragon Ball Z mm-hmm. VR. Yeah. And so there are all these things that I feel like would be great on PlayStation VR, but aren't coming for one reason or another. Well, I feel, I personally feel like the reason why is because we still have, since so early, and all these different, you know, the three big, well, four, we're, since we've got to include mobile, we got all these different groups trying to get that, they're trying to get their Breath of the Wild, they're trying to get their Destiny, they're I trying mean, to get their selling, the com- yeah. their hardware selling Their thing. killer app. Their killer app, and it's one of those, they have to just grab up these developers as fast as they can so it's like there isn't a point where it's like same with the adoption rate there's not a point where a developer can come, sit down comfortably saying I'm going to make a VR thing and put it on as many things as possible yeah I mean I feel like PlayStation isn't trying to move in that direction where they're like let me get an Evangelion let me get this Rick and Morty well, or Dragon Ball Z well they got Resident the- Evil they're trying Rock Band no, Rock Band's Oculus. Uh, you need a PlayStation. See, this is where PSVR is pissing me off. <laughs> I invested in PlayStation VR expecting, hey, I have Final Fantasy 15. I still, this is, we're coming up on a year after the announcement, six months after the release of Final Fantasy 15. I still don't have my Final Fantasy 15 VR experience. My VR experiences are things that I have bought into Thumper, Res Infinite. Race the Sun. These things that are like interesting in VR. I mean, the fact that you could fly an X-wing is still oh, yeah, amazing. That, that yeah. experience was sick. I mean, you so, can like, third-party Star Enterprise stuff. is also. Yeah, you can be a well, part of that. Star Trek Bridge Crew, I think, is on everything. Well, except yeah, mobile. even either way, it's still you can play it on PlayStation VR. You can play four of your friends can get together all in VR, and then be. Command the Star Trek, so, Star Trek Enterprise. All right, like that's amazing. So I can scream about how we need more power and how we haven't got any gotten. Yes. yes, that. So and like you're saying, PlayStation doesn't need these third parties. No, no, no. But they PlayStation do need the third parties. I mean, I'm, I'm saying, so, I'm saying they're that they're not having the. Ch- it's one of those. It. As far as I can see with PlayStation, the herald of VR is going to be the smaller scale developers making things like Wave Farpoint. And Capcom. That needs to be talked about. Farpoint is a great idea, and the fact that they're coming out with a gun, even though you have to spend another hundred dollars, I, I that's like, an experience that you're going to get. I also do like the fact that it comes with a gun because the fact is, look, it doesn't come. I with mean, I mean that it has a gun that bundle, but that, that is hard is, to find. Yeah, what I'm saying <laughs> is the fact that I do like the fact that there is another peripheral for VR. Right. The thing about VR right. is that more. The more you can separate, the the more you can blur the boundary between the physical and the game, it's going to deepen the experience. Right. Right. That's the and reason that's why Wilson Arkham is interesting to me, because there's a part in the game where you have to take these screws out of your head. You have to take the hand controllers with the Oculus, hold the button, and turn it while pulling to get these screws out. It's Which like, is... you might as well just be plugging them out by hand. Right. Yeah, that definitely helps with the presence thing, I've noticed. I've played some games with PlayStation Move. Most of my games, I just use my DualShock and my VR. But PlayStation Move games are on another level. But as someone who's invet, I've already invested $400 on top of my console into being VR ready. 
and now the killer app supposedly for PlayStation VR. I need another $100 peripheral on top of that. Actually, that brings up another reason why early adoption for these things is going to be difficult. It's the fact that, look, to get the HTC Vive, to get the Oculus to work, you're going to need a $1,200 computer. Right. Like, just to get it right. to work, you, you do can, need that yes. $600 1080 graphics card. Like, even the developers themselves, like the Oculus manufacturers and HTC are saying, you want to use this, you're pretty much going to need that 1080. You need that high-end computer. And it's one of those, like, that 1080 is pretty much, mo that one graphics card is pretty much most of my build money right there. Right. And that's where, and that's... One the graphics card is more than the entire PlayStation VR setup. Plus, then you'd need, yeah? The graphics card alone? No. It'd be more, well, outside no, no, no. of the console. Well, I'm saying outside of the console, yes. Outside of the console, yes. And it's one of those like, I you basically can't get the VR experience with for less than two grand right now, and that's a lot for something that doesn't have. You can, you can get. I'm uh, talking about the. I'm I'm strictly speaking HTC Vive and Oculus. Okay. I'm strictly right. talking about the PC VR experience. You cannot do for less than two grand. Right, and to me that's. Well, if you are invested in the PC ecosystem, like if you had a PC that could run VR before VR was a thing, then I mean, you'll be cool, fine. Then it's fine. You yeah. can do it for under it two grand. Those, like, but and that's the reason why I'm getting into the PC landscape now. It's like this is a good time. It's like I can I can hang out. I can have have my 1060, have a good time, play my Overwatch, play some Doom, play some what is it, Little Nightmares, just have some fun. And then when it gets the time where Oculus and HTC are more readily available. Maybe there's a price drop or something. I can then use that as an excuse to get that 1080 and then be VR ready. I feel that. Alright, so um, any final thoughts on VR? I feel like right now we're in an interesting spot. PlayStation VR has a slate of software that I don't know how far out it is. Oculus has some exclusive things such as I didn't bring up Super Hot, but I'm not going to go on my Super Hot tangent. I've already gone on that tangent today, so that's like a 20 minute tangent. If it just Super Hot super needs hot. to come to PS4 and PlayStation VR. I know it's almost borderline impossible, but that's what they said about Mass Effect One. I need Super Hot on my PS4 in VR. End of story on that. Um, Fair enough. PlayStation VR seems to be the best for games. They have a slate of third-party software coming their way. They've missed out on a few key third-party things right now that are exclusive to other platforms. Evangelion, Dragon Ball Z. But we've scored things like the X-Wing mission. We've scored things like Resident Evil 7. We've scored things like Batman Arkham VR, which none of us have played yet, but that'd be a and great... And then there was the Lara Croft Manor thing. Right, yeah, so Croft we Manor. have like all of these like great gaming IPs behind it, but which Oculus and HTC do not have. They right. do not have a Resident Evil equivalent. They do not Wilson's have... Heart would be their Resident I think Evil I, It's I, not Resident I, Evil no, 7. It's, it's not, not, not going to be Resident Evil I think Seven. PlayStation is taking in a good... Like, making the experience of the games that you love and taking it to another level so you can really experience it in its true glory. I think PlayStation VR is doing a great thing. As a person who was on the fence about it in the first place and said it was just going to be another PlayStation move or Wii, I was... Mm, as the guy who still has his PlayStation Move control. <laughs> right. I think PlayStation VR is doing a good thing, and they are going to, like, prove that they are making the right decisions. All right. Well, I feel like that's, this is a good spot to wrap up our tech-focused episode. I feel like this one was a long time coming. Uh, we did a lot of research into this Been one. Very content-rich. <laughs> um, 
this episode, I don't know if I brought this up last episode, but now we have an executive producer working with us. We have a better equipment coming in. We have better microphones. We have better just all around the audio quality of the podcast should be increasing from here on out. We want to get to a point where the listening experience for you guys is as good as it can possibly be. We have content. Um, we have video content that we're going to try. We have it available for you guys on Twitch as we speak within the coming days. By the time you guys hear this, there might be um, content from us on YouTube. There will be there content will be. on YouTube. Okay. I know we have at least two hours of vi- raw video content on my computer right now that we have not touched that we have things to do with, but that will be entirely in Chris's wheelhouse. I can't... I'm I'm working on that, and I'm going to be working on the website. Yeah, so we have a lot of things coming you guys' way from the cheesy controller front. Keep it tuned. Uh, You can follow me on Twitter at Anton6. That's A-N-T-O-N-S-I-X-X-X. You can find me at Squid Bishop. Squid underscore Bishop. All right. And Chris, do you still not know your Twitter handle? I think it's what, like, my underscore... The city is my church, or I, something or another. Like the I just joke is don't tweet at Chris. Right? I don't just, use my Twitter. If you want to follow me, so Chris on Twitter is at city underscore is my church. You can find us all collectively Thank on you. Twitter as cheesy at cheesy controller without the last e. So just cheesy control r. Um, you can find us on Twitter. Character limits kind of screwed us over with that one. We'll see what we can do for you guys, make it better. Um, I've been thinking about <laughs> right. the abbreviation CCP podcast. Okay, that works. Yeah, but um, CCP is the company that publishes Eve and uh, Eve Online and Eve Valkyrie and all of those games and Dust Five One Four. So not to get confused. Right. So uh, we're working on a. I'm working on a solution for that right now. But by the next time you guys hear from us, we'll have more content. Um, we've been ramping up production on every front. We've been streaming more consistently. We've been recording more video content. Next week, as we spoke about earlier, Jalen will have a live stream of his. Um, we're going on an adventure to Fry's to buy all his PC components. Yes. And then we're going to live stream his PC build. We have a lot of content coming down the pipeline for you guys. So just keep it tuned to all our social media channels. And maybe um, we'll actually remember our tw- my Twitter eventually. Yeah, hopefully. You know, in the I next, like episode. next yeah, episode. I got this, I promise, guys. <laughs> all right. Well, this has been the Cheesy Controller Podcast for the week of May 17th, 2017. I've been your host, Anton LaPlatte, and keep it cheesy. cheesy.